Did you know that only 1% of cinematographers in Hollywood are women? 1%. Which I know is, 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 you know, we often look at stuff like the writing and the acting and stuff, but cinematography, I mean, that means that most of the films we watch are coming from a male gaze. Mm. Right. Just from the offset. That's crazy. 1%. Yeah. Not even five. No. <laughs> not even five. It would be fine if it was five. five. Not even five. Not, not even five. Just wind it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> One. One. That's, that's I've mad. I've made a fuming. <laughs> that really is mad. I'd like to know the actual number. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to know the actual number to see how small 1% is. Tuned in to the conversation. For her, by her. This episode was recorded in the pod at White City Place. Hello everyone, you are listening to The Conversation Podcast. I'm B, and I'm joined today by some really awesome women to talk all about film, feminist film, and how to make the film industry more feminist. Uh, do you guys want to just introduce yourself, say hi? Sure, my name's Annie, I'm a journalist, all-around food lover, and lover of all films. Good. <laughs> I'm Liv, and I have a no-job title at the moment, Freelance is Taking Me Away. Yeah. But yeah. there we are, <laughs> doing all sorts of creative stuff. Yay! Nice. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks! Including films. Yes. That's true. I yeah. am, yes, oh my God. Why didn't you mention it? I don't know. <laughs> What's wrong with me? Yes, one of my jobs is being a videographer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, guys, come on. I've just got back from Australia. I'm, yeah, I'm severely yeah, jet-lagged. Jet lagged. Yeah. No. Please forgive me, guys. We'll give you a break. We'll give you a Thank break. Thank you. Um, my name is Zulika, <laughs> a.k.a. She-Wolf Diaries. And to start off this episode, I wanted to kind of ask you guys, what is your favourite feminist film? Who wants to go first? I'll start. Mm-hmm. I included documentaries under the feminist films. We right know on. it. Right on. Um, and I recently watched um, a documentary about uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. RBG. The notorious RBG. The notorious RBG. And I didn't know jack shit about her, like, Mm. before, because I don't really follow American politics, like, very Mm. closely. She is incredible. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Like, what she does for women and within, like, the American politics system, Mm. uh, like, on Supreme Court, it's incredible. Incredible. I, like, bow down to her. She mm. really is the notorious RBG. Also, there are some amazing scenes of this, like, she's, like, 90-something, isn't she? Oh, my God, And she's yeah. doing, like, weights and press-ups in the gym. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. Living she's legend. a boss. Yeah. What a boss. Didn't she have TB or something recently, and then or pneumonia, and then, like, the day after she came out of the hospital, she just went yeah, straight yeah, back yeah. to work? Yeah. yeah, she's basically... She had to vote on something. Mm. She's she's a boss. Boss. Yeah. And she knows that if she doesn't go in, the the justices would be mostly conservative. So yeah. she's oh, wow. she's basically clinging on. Bless her. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I feel I want to like be like her when not like on the Supreme Court system, <laughs> no, but like you know because she's like quite petite, but then also like really strong mm-hmm. and just bossing it and. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's what I want to be when I'm like, what, 94? Uh, yeah, she was, obviously there's a film coming out that's just come out actually called On the Basis of Sex, which mm. is also about her, but that's the fiction version. Um, and there are these oh, two yes, pictures of that. her on set with the female lead and the male lead. And it, with the female lead, I can't remember what her name is, Felicity Jones, I think. Yes. She's just like, looks like her little stern face that she usually yeah, has. Yeah. And then there's a picture of her with Army Hammer and she is looking at him and literally beaming. She's in her element. She's Aww. like, oh my God. She, is she she's flirting with him? Properly fangirling. She's I like, <gasps> so cool. 
I'm by your name. Basically. And it got brought on Felicity Jones was just like, I don't know what I did, but like she just didn't, she just really wanted to be around Army Hammer all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Totally Queen. understandable. Good for oh. her. I mean, like, you know, old ladies, I love it when old ladies flirt with like young men. Mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. And like, why not? Get it in, ladies. Get it in. Yeah. Um, what about yours? My, one of my favourite feminist films is Practical Magic. Excuse me. <clears throat> for the reason, I mean, they do talk about men, so it doesn't quite pass the Bechdel test, but they also talk about magic. They talk about cats. They talk <laughs> about, like, everything. And at the end of the movie, everyone's, like, holding hands and skipping afterwards, and, like, the whole town is, like, banding together, and they reverse a curse, and all the women <laughs> love each other. And I love that bit. It always, like, brings a tiny little tear to my eye. Aww. I love that bit. My favorite part of the movie. You is it sold like a childhood favorite? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> what? Sorry. You, I, you sold. You sold it to me when you said cats. Yeah. <laughs> so you magic, sold me on magic. Magic and cats. Magic and cats. Oh. And Goran Vizhnik. Is it? Is it magical okay. cats? Because then no. it'll never beat Salem from Sabrina and Teenage. No, it doesn't oh, beat true. Salem. It doesn't beat Salem. Okay. But it's still a pretty decent cat. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Mine would be um, A Star Is Born. I just watched it on the flight home. I've been wanting to watch it for ages and everyone was picking it up and I really didn't think it was actually going to be as good as I thought it was no. going to be. And it turned out to be brilliant. I just, not only do I think Lady Gaga is extremely talented at acting as well as, of course, singing, um, just the character she plays is, I think, just brilliant. She's not only talented, but Isn't she's... she just playing herself, though? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Pop star. So is it really that hard? Sorry, no Yeah, no, 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 I get you, because she's, she's a boss too. But it's like, she's independent, she's fierce, and she just goes for what she wants. She works hard at it, and there's a... I don't know if you've seen it, but obviously mm. there's a lot of struggle with her, the guy. Um, I can't remember his name. Yeah, no, but as in the character, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and is it important? I think it is Jack. Is it actually? I just thought Did you just generic. Is it Jan's name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it might have been, you know. Wow. Anyway, I really hope it But, um, you know, it, it ends very um, traumatically. Mm. And she's just still there. She's still there, singing her heart out, doing what she loves doing. And I just think it's a really good. Um, empowering character to have in a film. Mm. I want to know if it's the best version of A Star Is Born because it's been remade like three times, mm. hasn't it? Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, hey? no, no, it's not. not. It's not. No, it is okay. not. Judy Garland, hands down. I will fight anyone who disagrees with me. <laughs> I quite like Judy Garland. So yeah, I'll right. Probably just um, agree with you. Love me a bit, Judy. Just, yeah, yeah. Judy and Garland is incredible. Yeah. B, what's yours? Um, so I came with a kind of. Mm. A, a variety I couldn't really choose um, and I wanted somebody else to pick one that I had so I could make my decision easier but it, no one chose so I'm going <laughs> to go with um, Lady Bird which was a film that was in the kind of running for different p- film prizes and stuff last year I yeah, think yeah I think it was last year yeah. um, last year and it's a film by Greta Gerwig and she is a really cool director um, a female director I think that's important mm-hmm. especially considering the Oscars um, kind of track record when it comes to female directors. Mm -hmm. Um, And the film is basically, it's kind of a coming-of-age film mixed in with just a relationship between a mother and her daughter, which we don't see portrayed on screen 
that often and it wasn't kind of a happy go lucky skipping around uh, relationship it was um a very complex relationship very not two-dimensional there was lots of um, ups and downs with their relationship and it was so well written and it's kind of one of those films where there's no real big um climax there's not really any um any a lot of people said it was a bit of a kind of non-film in the sense that there wasn't really much going on in terms of the story mm. but i thought that's what made it really really poignant because it's just a really um great portrayal of like mother and daughter relationships I thought yeah, um, relatable. yeah and I thought and the performances were amazing yeah. um, and it should have got more of a look in at the uh, award seasons last year but obviously I don't know if it was it last year or was it maybe the year before because I remember Natalie mm. Portman when she was um, she was hosting that, that category and she, she said like here are the all male nominees do you remember that I'm sure that was either mm. last year or the year I literally before. can't remember but Made me laugh anyway mm. because she was one of the not because Greta mm-hmm. Gerwig was yeah. um, nominated, wasn't mm-hmm. she? Yeah, it was nominated mm. for best film. I think maybe you're right. I can't remember anything. Um. Maybe <laughs> maybe it didn't get in at the Oscars. I know <clears throat> it it got a look in at the Golden Globes mm-hmm. and it was in at Sundance, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a really anyway, great yeah. film. I would recommend going to see it if you haven't. Um, and yeah, that would be mine. Yeah, it's really good. Um, but we have touched on a little bit, even just in that little conversation about uh, female films, and um, and Zalika talked about the Bechdel test just briefly. Um, does anyone want to explain what the Bechdel test is um, and how it comes about and how it relates to film? Uh, I will. So in 1985, a cartoonist called Ali- Alison—is it Bechdel or Bechdel? I say Bechdel. I say Bechdel as well, but yeah. you said Bechdel, Bechdel. and it, right, it really yeah. worried me. Because oh, yeah, I don't I, know. Yeah. We'll I made me think of bechamel as well, and I was like, ooh, this <laughs> The bechamel <laughs> test. <laughs> Hungry. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Alison Bechdel, she published um, a comic strip in her, um, in her comics called Dykes to Watch Out For, um, and the strip was called The Rule, in which one woman explains to the other that she'll only watch a film if it meets three requirements. Um, it, one, it has to have at least two women in it. Uh, two, they have to speak to each other. And three, the conversation that they, that they have has to cover anything other than a man. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, what do you guys think of like the whole premise of the mm. Be- Bechdel test? Because if we, if we look at, I mean, just in terms of um, the nominations for Best Film at the Oscars, mm-hmm. um, so the films that were up that didn't pass, so Bohemian Rhapsody didn't pass the special test, yeah. Green Book didn't pass, Vice didn't pass. Um, all the others, it was actually quite a good category, to be honest. Um, Black Klansman passed, um, Black Panther, Star is Born, The Favourite, Roma. Interestingly, the Star is, a Star is Born, the originals don't, no. but this ah, one right. did. No. But even then, in The Star is Born, there were only 36% of the dialogue was from women. Which interested me because the main character was a woman. A woman, yeah. Um, But anyway, by the by. I'm um, quite surprised by that. But does she have any friends? Does she have any friends? Her her best friend is a guy. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Um, There you go. And she is brought up single handedly by her father. There you go. So. Um, so if it's a male-dominated plot, then mm. how easy mm-hmm. is it to pass the Bechdel yeah. test? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Bohemian Rhapsody only had eight percent female dialogue, which is—I mean, I, I know it's a film about. I'm male not gonna watch band, it, but it was not good. Oh, it, I can't <laughs> lie; it's a good film. Really, it is a good. It film. is a good film. How did it win Best Editing? Like, I don't understand. Uh, you know what? There's a, there's a scene that 
I'm not going to reveal to you what it is, but that scene is very well edited. Mm. There are a few scenes that are very, very well edited. Oh, I agree. I agree. Some people what think scene it's. Are you talking about? I well, I go, well, no. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. So there's a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for anyone who has not yet the seen end, Bohemian surely. Rhapsody. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. The end. Yeah, and also the the editing of the scene where they record Bohemian Rhapsody is brilliant. Yeah, there was some brilliant. I don't even remember that. I was bored the whole way through. Really? <laughs> you were bored the whole time. I slept. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was so did, awful. Did you I watch it in the evening? Or? Uh, yeah, but I don't sleep in... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, we can talk about this yeah, yeah, another not, time. Yeah, another but, um, time. What I want to ask is, obviously, the Bechdel test has been something that people talk about a lot, but is it still useful or relatable because there are a couple of people who say that it's not useful for this day and age you can pass the battle test but still be a sexist film mm-hmm. um, yeah. there are other markers of diversity that isn't covered mm-hmm. what do you think do you think it's useful do you think it's something we should be talking about still or has it kind of become a bit outdated uh, i don't know i think because the premise of it it only re- it only needs like a, a couple of things to pass it but then, like you said, it can still be a sexist film and it can still, um, you know, be problematic. So I think that we need other counters for it to, for us to show that a film is truly diverse and truly feminist. I think, like you said, it is slightly outdated now um, because the the measures that we that we use, I don't think it's enough anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know I read I read somewhere about have you heard of the Duvernay test? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was coined by uh, Manola Dargis Dargis from the New York Times, um, and that's um, that's a, that requires like African Americans and other min- ethnic minorities to have uh, fully realized lives rather than serve a scenery in white stories. Mm-hmm. So surely you know a film could pass the Bechdel test, but it might not pass the Duvernay test mm-hmm. because right. it could be like a white saviorist film or something like that. Pilgrim yeah. book. <laughs> Amen. I thought that was a genuine cough at first. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't know. I, I, feel like, I feel like we need other measures mm. to quantify I, feminist yeah, stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I do think, I think that's also what you are saying in a, in a way about um, but I do think it's important to acknowledge it and how it did kind of start a conversation mm. um, about how women are involved in mm. um, the, oh my goodness, mind stopping, the, the projection. Yeah, like just the projection of a storyline. Mm. I do think it's really important. However, I agree with Annie and it should be um, evolving. Mm. It should be considering other aspects. I think one thing that is quite scary is, although it's a very minimal, it's a very minimalist kind of um, checklist, but the number of children's films on the list who don't pass is scary. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And especially considering, I mean, most of the films, the the kids' films that don't pass, they're kind of animated films and they're films about, you know, fish and... Ratatouille. Ratatouille. (laughs) Do you know what that breaks? It breaks my heart. I I fucking love that film. Mm. Oh, of course you do. It's all about food. (laughs) (laughs) I love making food. It is a brilliant film. I love it. And the food looks so good as well. But yeah, I agree. Like, it's a chance for a a theme, a a gendered, let's say, Mm. uh, character to be um, Mm. created. And it's it's not. And the dialogue could have, it's very easy 
for it to come about. Yeah. More so than if you're basing it on true facts. Or, exactly. Mm. Just have do a female think, rat. Do you think that writers should like maybe take the Bechdel test into account when writing a film? Because uh, mm. because as you said, like a lot of children's films don't even it doesn't even pass it. Like mm. you know. Yeah, because like there are some people who've been calling for it to be a formal requirement mm. well not a formal requirement but something that you know to, that there has to be a certain percentage of films in a year right. that have this um but then mm. a lot of people say that then it becomes a kind of just a box checking because it's one conversation yeah yeah the requirements it. are so minimal mm. like you know that doesn't necessarily equate to it being a feminist film or mm. or, or you know um, a diverse mm. film. Mm-hmm. I think it has to go past it because one film that really interested me that did not pass the Bechdel test was La La Land mm. because the key component there is that none of her friends have names. I think that's something that's... A, obviously, it's not the main thing that people talk about. Mostly people are talking about the fact that women in films only really talk about men. Mm. But I think it's amazing how many pe- women in films don't have names. Mm. Yeah. They're just yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. really interesting. Like, like a yeah. prop, like an object. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it's just to show, oh, yeah, this is a woman that has friends. Yeah. She's so not if she, a total loner. <laughs> so if she had She's a normal. conversation mm. with her friends that weren't, that weren't named, would it still pass the test? No. It has to do all three. Right. Which is why it's that's why so many fall down because mm. either they do have so Lord of the Rings for example has lots of women with names but they don't talk to each other right mm. um, it's yeah. they do in the deleted scenes <laughs> <laughs> but I mean I think those scenes got deleted you know those scenes yeah. got deleted I mean yeah. it says something I think yeah. I think in a, in a lot of ways like the, the Bechdel test is useful but when you stray into trying to make films like meet a certain requirement. Um, for any test, like the DuVernay test, the Bechdel test, whatever, you kind of stray into the realm of, A, box ticking, and B, censorship. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, there are some films that are relatively interesting about all white, cis-het men. I love the use of relatively. Yeah, relatively. (laughs) Like, Lord of the Rings is an interesting film. Right. To some. To some. To, to me, as a, sci- as a sci-fi nerd. But, I mean, I, I I don't expect, like, I don't want Lord of the Rings all the time. Mm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sometimes I want, sometimes I want a girl's trip. Sometimes I want, you know, so, like, yeah. I think it's important to have variety in film and to give people free reign to do that. Mm. But, at the same time, it's alarming to me how little... Anyone passes any film passes either test, yeah. right? And I think something that's kind of interesting is while we may be calling for um, more female characters and more female dialogue and stuff like that, the majority of writers and directors and people in Hollywood um, who are making the big films, majority of them are white men. Mm. I want to know what you guys think about um, can men write. Um, can men write? That's the question. Um, <laughs> can they write complex female characters well, effectively, or is it just always going to be a bit harder for them to kind of navigate the complexities of? Because that you never, as I said about Ladybird, you never really see female relationships be portrayed in a very complex way. Yeah, women are often very two dimensional. Yeah, um, is it possible? Is it always just going to be harder? I guess that's that's why it's so important. Like you can have representation on the screen in front of the camera, but you have to make sure that 
that reflects it behind the camera as well. So I think it is important to have female writers um, because they just they just generally have a better perspective on how to write a complex female character. Right. That being said, there are a few, um, Ryan Coogler, for example, who mm -hmm. wrote Black Panther, right. um, he is, the way in which he writes is very effective because the female characters are so strong. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure if they, if behind the scenes there were, I think there were sort of a lot of female uh, mm. crew members. Well, yeah, well, two... Um, Wasn't it the been... costume designer? She was a female. Yeah. Three, um, only three black women have ever won uh, Oscars for something other than acting. Yeah. And two of them were this season crazy, for Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was costume design and... Uh, production something or something yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not 100% but sure but isn't isn't that just so um doesn't that just show that this that it is effective yeah mm -hmm. um i guess it has to be handled sensitively you know if you if you are a man wanting to write about um m maybe a predominantly female like driven plot mm. um you know maybe it'd be mm. handy to get some women in <laughs> i i do personally think the bottom line for me is that um, things come better out of experience mm. so as a woman it's easier and it would be um, portrayed better if a woman was to write it because yeah. they understand the struggle or they understand how women think in mm. general mm. however when I was thinking about that I was also thinking about the fact that obviously going a bit open but when there's films about history or certain situations, like we're talking about Black Panther, for mm. example, we those people didn't necessarily live in that time, of course not, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like Mary Queen of Scots that's out mm. in the moment and things like that. No one ever lived that, uh, lived in those in those moments and ever experienced that. However, they use their research and they work tirelessly to mm. get it spot on. Yeah. So I think it it does it does come better from experience as a woman mm. and. I am for that completely, but I also do think that it can it can be well done too yeah. uh, by a man if yeah. there is enough research and enough um, understanding. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and on that point actually, because it's interesting that you brought up Green Book, mm. which was a film supposedly about race relations in America that was basically all white male team um, who didn't do their research they right. didn't it came up they didn't even talk to the family the family of the guy. The they didn't allow it and they, didn't allow they said it's complete lies yeah. it's all yeah. lies yeah. crazy um, isn't it interesting to see um you know a plot about um a famous black musician told through the eyes of his white driver that's right. actually all yeah. i want <laughs> really <laughs> isn't that all yeah isn't that all any of us want in life mm. just like driving miss daisy but in reverse <laughs> exactly it's oh. just like mm. it's a pile of shite in it yeah. um I think that men can write convincing female characters. Like, if I can think of, it, of two examples of men that write female characters or direct female characters very well, John Waters mm. and um, Robert Harling, who's the guy who wrote Still Magnolias. Mm, okay. However, they are both gay. Mm. Right. Or I'm assuming Robert Harling is gay. <laughs> no offence, Robert Harling. If you're, um, not. If you're not, sorry. But I, I seem to remember reading somewhere that he has a partner who is male. Um, and I think that that's kind of indicative of, you know, socialisation and things like that. And I think that, like, 
heterosexual men writing about women find it so hard because girl world has a lot of subtext. Mm. Yeah. Girl world has so much subtext that men are just, they just don't understand. And I remember trying to explain something to my boyfriend that a friend of, a friend of his was kind of being a bit shady to me. And he was like, what? She just said this. And I said, no. Mm. What she actually said was, you're a heifer or something. You know. What bitch? Yeah, right? You don't even know her. Thank you, Annie. You're welcome. It's so nice. Got you back. Right? Um, (laughs) But I, I I think that men really struggle writing women well because they don't make any effort to really understand the world of women. Right. But yeah. women understand the world of men. Yeah. Like how many of us yeah. 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 how many we of us know about it? And mm. we shouldn't be expected to just write about like what we know. Mm. We shouldn't be expected to write just about women or no. you know, for me to write about being brown. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like because mm. then again you're sort of like pigeonholing yourself. Yeah, you're isn't limiting it. it. Yeah. yeah. So in in that sense, like if you flip it, like I guess, you know, men can, they can be allowed to write about things that they don't know, but as long as they do it in a way that they can, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. No, I get it. Like, like they should talk to women. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Talk to women and be like, what's it like? It's so simple. It's so simple. (laughs) Just really nice to talk to as well. I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> don't talk to me about that's it that's a fib that is such a fib you are lovely to yeah, oh thanks lovely. guys that's the only reason I said that oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to kind of obviously Oscars uh, award seasons and I mean you mentioned the whole thing of oh here are the nominees who are all male mm. um, do you find that, does that matter to you do you want there to be more of a gender balance when it comes to films being nominated I mean you look at uh, director or best film there's only ever been one winner um, which was Catherine Bigelow for The Hurt Locker who was Mm. a woman Um, does that sort of thing matter to you when it comes to nominating of female directors or female writers stuff like that or a lot of people subscribe to the idea that it's just oh it's the best person for the job that whoever did the best film Mm. what do you think (laughs) okay I'll bite so (laughs) so this whole it's the best person for the job thing really annoys me for one of two reasons. Because you don't really know who's the best person for the job unless you literally interview everyone, Mm. right? There could be some kid out there in, like, Papua New Guinea who could be the best film director in the world but has not yet been given opportunity because some people, ahem, (laughs) are taking all of the opportunities. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about things like... Yeah, oh yeah, the you know, best person for the job or you know, they just we just need to get somebody who um has a lot of experience or whatever. I mean, Ryan Cogler didn't have any experience. Like hardly any hardly any when he did. He's, Was it Creed? He's only made like six films. Yeah. Mm. And he's a brilliant director. Yeah. When Picasso started painting, nobody said, "Oh yeah, I'm not going to go to your exhibition because you don't have an, don't have that much experience." I mean, Pica- Picasso is a contentious figure anyway, but I'm using him <laughs> as an example because no, you know, nobody says to art like a lot of artists in any other kind of artistic framework except for maybe film and or music. Yeah. Yeah. You you can't do this because you don't have the experience. Well, how's somebody meant to get the experience? A if you don't give it to them, yeah, you give them the chance exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and how also, are we like? Sorry, no, it's okay. Go ahead. How are we sort of assuming that a 
middle-aged white man is the best person for the job. Well, this is it. It's exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah, and I mean, when you look at, there are some people who would argue that it we shouldn't be caring so much about this because, especially when it comes to the Oscars, they just don't really know what they're talking about anyway. Mm-hmm, when you yeah. look at Green Book having won Best Film, yeah. it's like... Did you speak to anyone who watched it? It's it's maddening it's, because it's like, so boring as well. <laughs> I started watching that on the flight and that sent me right off to sleep. I was gone. Oh, See, it's yeah. good because it's a long flight. It was really yeah. helped. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Greenberg, Thank for you. that one. <laughs> you did good there. But I, I don't see, like, uh, I don't know. I have become less invested in the Oscars, like, mm. over time. Ask me four years ago, and I would have like been watching all of the nominees, you know, mm. to form a valued and informed opinion on who wins. But actually, now I actually just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think maybe because like there have been so many films that have been robbed, Paddington, oh, right, Paddington, Paddington too, <laughs> <laughs> that have been robbed. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. why even bother? Like yeah. when you have the Academy and all the Academy members, and they've trying to diversify the Academy members, but then still, films like Green Book get, get, win film, uh, win awards, and Black Klansman doesn't. Mm. You know, it makes me lose faith in the whole system. Um, I mean, Spike Lee only just got an Oscar. Think about that. Yeah. His reaction to Green Book was just incredible. That was funny. Yeah. I I haven't seen it. He basically just, they ask him about it and he goes, yeah. Yeah, Oh my gosh. The BBC interviewed him and they said, oh, what do you think? And he was like, oh, in in your words, it's not my cup of tea. (laughs) In the worst British accent ever. Oh, yeah. In the worst British accent. Um, But it kind of robs, now, forgive me, because I always get his name wrong. Is it Mashahala Ali? Mashala. Mashala. Mahashala. Mahashala Ali. So Sorry. I think I feel like his the 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 overall kind of political incorrectness of the film robs him of another stellar performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Octavia Spencer's in that as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it robs them both of, you know, their usual calibre of performance, which is right, just excellent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But that goes back to my point, like you can have as many black actors, brown actors, um, on the screen, but if you look behind the screen, look behind the camera, and there are still like people who are white, male, mm. who don't mm. actually understand what's what what they're writing about, then what what is the mm. point? Mm. Did you yeah. know that only one percent of cinematographers in Hollywood are women? One percent. One percent. Which I know is 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 you know we all often look at stuff like the writing and the acting and stuff, but cinematography. I mean that means that most of the films we watch are coming from a male gaze, mm. right? Just at, from the offset. Yeah. That's crazy. One percent. Yeah. Not even five. No. <laughs> not even. Five. It would be fine if it was five. five. Not even five. Not even five. five. Just round it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> One. One. That's that's. I've mad. made a fuming. <laughs> that really is mad. I'd like to know the actual number. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to know the actual number to see how small 1% is. That's what I mean, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, when it comes to kind of, like, films doing well and there's often a trend of films um, that have feature strong female leads or strong black leads or just diverse films in general, which they struggle with 
public opinion. I mean, we can even see that from Captain Marvel, which has mm. um, just yeah, come out it's and got um, it's yeah. got mixed reviews. And it's fine if a film with a woman is bad, but people were saying that it was going to be bad before it even came out. Yeah. And sh- people were angry that Brie Larson wanted a more diverse, more diverse press junkets. She wanted mm. more diverse people coming in and asking questions. Yeah. Um, people were furious about that. They said they weren't even going to go see the film. How are we meant to diversify the film industry when we can't even, like, films with these sorts of perspectives are so hard to even make because the public opinion from men, from white people, from straight people, whatever, are, are always going to be, they're going to be on the defensive immediately. How do we fix that? Is it possible? <laughs> That's how I feel. Just, 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 to infor- just to inform our viewers, Annie is like shaking her head, just like, no. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it, you can't change um, an industry that is so set in its ways immediately. Mm-hmm. I applaud Brie Larson for doing what she's doing because... For one, there aren't enough female film critics, you know, so when you read reviews, they are coming from a male perspective already. So when you have the first female superhero Marvel film, I can understand why she would want to talk to female journalists, to talk to to get female critics to come and see the film. So then it will have more of an an informed review. so I think that people are just threatened by change, mm. personally. Um, if you look at Hollywood, it is so set in its ways anyway. It so, really is. Mm. Uh, you know, how can you make change with one film? Well, yeah. she's trying to. Mm. Yeah. Fair, do, fair play mm. to her. Do you know what I mean? But I, I think it needs, to, it needs to happen a lot more. Mm. Um, it, there needs to be more of a radical sort of, change yeah. where not it's not just you know Brie Larson the Brie Larson's of Hollywood mm-hmm. calling for this it needs to be everyone yeah. that's the problem isn't it because it is predominantly older white men that are in control how are you meant to change something that kind of brings them down a notch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so difficult yeah yeah and yeah. I think it's tricky when it comes to I mean and that's why I, I feel inclined to just dis- to kind of brush off the awards by just being like they don't know what they're talking about there's no no point even going into that but that is where so many people find out about films and start Mm. talking about films so you look at Roma for example yes Yes, the most so good and actually oh you should 90% female dialogue Oh, and wow. it passes both the Bechdel and the Duvernay test. And, and the Annie test. And the, wow. <laughs> the me test. And it's also, it's just incredible. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. And I don't think people would even have been talking about Roma if it hadn't been nominated for Oscars. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's stuff like that. Where, but how are we ever meant to get them into the kind of the, Oscar, the, the award seasons when people are so furious about, I mean... It was a surprise even that the favourite kind of did quite well because peop- a lot of people were just didn't get it. They just didn't yeah. understand it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I applaud Olivia Colman and everything. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she's just amazing. Oof. I mean, I think, I think in terms of getting stuff into um, into cinemas and into award ceremonies, I think that. People who have a lot of clout in Hollywood, particularly women, um, and even, you know, obviously men as well, but particularly women, 
need to band together. So, you know, like Reese Witherspoon has her own company where she deliberately handpicks and options books, screenplays, mm. um, short stories that are by women yeah. um, in a wide variety of um, ethnicities and, and you know, identifiers to um, deliberately make these stories and bring them to the forefront. Mm. Mm. And I think it requires more people organising and occupying space in that way. Mm. And I don't think that we will see great change until things like that happen or until women just basically fuck off the Oscars and make their own kind of award ceremony. Mm. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd mm. be nice. Yeah. But then there's also the problem of the, of the fact that actually a lot of the women, as you mentioned, the women in Hollywood need to get their act together a little bit yeah, because a lot of the white women in Hollywood are actually still only really serving themselves. Yeah. There have been a large number <coughs> of... Mm. <laughs> Meryl Streep <laughs> there's so much shade in today's I love it um, but there's just so many of them yeah. yes and there, we'll but there are all day there yeah. are lots of um, like people who we probably don't even know the name of there have been so many heads of production houses mm. heads of um, different like who have been white women who have still pushed for narratives from men or from just white Xavier complexes or yeah. from various things and there's it's like it's not enough just to get women to the top or to get women into the industry because they actually, they are there. Mm. There are a lot of powerful women yeah, in yeah. Hollywood but the majority of them are white and they don't want to, they, they just keep pushing the same white male narratives. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or even worse, white female narratives yeah. that get lauded as feminist. Trainwreck. <gasps> Trainwreck. Lena Dunham. Like, <laughs> girls is just a shit pile smoking, oh, like, God. dumpster fire. Um, Sex in the City, now when you watch mm-hmm. it back, is horrific. Yeah. Yep. Um, I never thought it was good to start with, if well, I'm honest. You're ahead of the curve. <laughs> I really was. Everyone yeah. should follow me. They should. <laughs> they should. <laughs> help. Yeah, yeah, help. Yeah, I loved that film when I first watched yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And when you yeah. actually watch it back. Which happens a lot, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. I still I still love it because I love the, the acting. The chocolate pie. Yeah. The, the chocolate pie <laughs> bit, <laughs> yes. But, I mean, it's just... And what the problem is for me is that nobody... It's like with any of these incidences where there's been uproar, you know, like Gucci, all of these things. It's like, does nobody sit and think, oh, maybe we should get the opinion of a Bell Hooks or a Kimberly Crenshaw mm. on this narrative before we release it oh, into yeah. the world? Yeah. Right? It's just... Does mm-hmm. nobody have, sit there and just think for a moment, yeah, we could pay really well-read, educated black women to come in and troubleshoot our uh, movies. Yeah. yeah, and the trouble is, I so I went to a kind of panel discussion the other night, which was about women in film, um, and it was, it was all white women, one black woman who was just starting out in the industry, so even she was a little bit like, I don't really know what to say about how to change the industry, I've just started. Mm. Um, and they were talking about how hard it was. And these were women, so one of them made Brooklyn um, and yeah. an education. And mm. she was even saying how tough it is to make films with female narratives. She was like, it, people don't want them. The, the yeah. you know, even her with so much, she said even Brooklyn was very hard to make. She was mm. like, people don't want to hear about uh, an Irish immigrant in America. Yeah. They just don't want to hear it, they don't care. Um, so when you think about how hard it must be for these quite powerful white women to make female narratives, 
where do we even begin making it because she was just like I don't know what to do I don't know how to make it easier and she's and she's a white woman she can't even make white women films (laughs) like how what do we do it's so Mm. funny you say that because I was watching a video on Twitter the other day that about um uh hidden figures Mm. um and did you know that there's um there's a white male character in that. He's called Al Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um, and he... So basically, Hidden Figures is about the first black woman uh, NASA engineer. Yeah. By, and she's played by Taraji P. Henson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in NASA, there, there are, like, different... It's set in, like, the 60s, I think, yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. So there's, like, different bathrooms for, like, black and white people. Yeah. Um, and this white male um, guy, Al Harrison, he there's like a poignant moment, sorry, spoiler, mm-hmm. um, where he like tears down the sign for the coloured bathroom. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was watching this video and they said like, this character didn't even exist in real life. No. It didn't exist in real life. She had to do everything by herself and mm. she wasn't even allowed into the NASA launch um, in real life. But then in the film... This guy says like, "Oh, come in, come yeah, in." Yeah, yeah. There's a really funny video that's. Be, I think it must have been SNL or one of those sketches. They've done a sketch which is about the, that sort of thing. Yeah. And there's a moment where there's a there's a fake kind of film where he um, edits the, the the sign on the bathroom to say it's like white women and this person. Yeah. And he's <laughs> like, "I've done it for you. You can go in now." And she's yeah. like, "But what?" She's like, "But yeah. I'm." Just me? Okay, thank you so much for your help. But there are so many... I mean, it seems that we can only really get films... about race that are palatable to white people. It's it, they they love uh, minority suffering. Mm. I like to call yeah, it. They do. Um, they do. That's why when you see like the help and hidden figures, it's yeah. all about it's Green all about black suffering, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah. struggle, the struggle, it's yeah, about the struggle. There's a name for it actually. It's called something like you know, like we have poverty porn here. It's like the same kind of thing. Yeah, where it's like struggle porn almost. Yeah, like they they just love it, and I think that that's something that somebody should actually make a film about the the fact that why do, why is it that audiences because it's not only i think to say that it's only white audiences is to actually um is to actually minimalize the problem it's true because yeah. i enjoyed both of those films yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know so in a way i'm sort of enabling that yeah actually. exactly and so many people of color have internalized this narrative to such a degree that they love it. Like, I remember going to see 12 Years a Slave and I saw it with my boyfriend at the time and I really loved it because I thought the cinematography was beautiful mm-hmm. and then I came out and I said, oh, I really enjoyed that. I Obviously, I, I didn't like the depictions of, you know, whippings, rape, whatever, who does? Mm. Um, but my boyfriend at the time was like, that film was so crap. Like, why could they not have spoken about his activism right. after yeah. he was enslaved, about his life beforehand, about anything else? And I was like, you know what? He's right. I'm wrong. Yeah. Like, I need yeah. to I need to go. So then I went and read the book. Mm-hmm. And even in the book, he doesn't really talk about what he did after. Yeah. But it's nowhere in the book. It's nowhere near as sensationalized as it is in the film. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I really wanted to go and support Crazy Rich Crazy Rich Asians mm. because it wasn't a film about like you know Asian suffering. Mm. It was about you know 
the elevation of mm. like rich Asians in Singapore. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't really that great a film, to be honest. <laughs> and, <laughs> even, and there were still some. Supported there it, were yeah. there were still some people who were like, oh, yeah. I don't didn't really like this yeah. at all. Um, but you know, I wanted to like support it to show that films about us, films about other minority ethnic people, don't have to be about the struggle that we've gone through. Mm. We can just tell our stories without even making a commentary about um, you know the colour of our skin like mm. To All the Boys I've Loved Before mm. that's a really good film Very because good. it's about yeah. an Asian girl but in no so at no point does she mention the fact that she's half Korean or right. anything like that or mm. that she's struggled with something like that um, she's to allowed do with to just her life. she's allowed to just live her life yeah. mm. and I think that's I think Riz Ahmed has talked about this before where he's, have, mm. he's had to take on roles that, um, you know, like in Four Lions, he had to play um, um, uh, a jihadi, basically. Mm. Um, and then and then he started getting roles that mm. weren't to do with his race, you know, and now mm. he's in, like, Star Wars. And he's been like so interesting about it all, because, mm. yeah, so many of the roles that he was being offered, it was terrorist or it was, like, tech whiz. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. was it. And he was like, well, can I, can I do something else? Yeah. Or right. got any other roles mm. in that little bag of yours? No, yeah, OK. exactly. <laughs> Um, and I think that's where we sort of really need to go now. We need to stop making films that focus on um, a female narrative, but from um, from a male, you, you know, using male characters to tell a female's um, story, mm. using a white male narrative to tell, um, you know, black people's stories or, yeah. you know, about mm. all their suffering or yeah. things like that, you know, yeah. um, mm. that's what needs to happen. Yeah. We need to move away from that and make more films. Yeah. And just as to we... do with us. <laughs> yeah. you know, just yeah, just about our lives. Just just let us live our lives, for Christ's sake. <laughs> um, and I mean, well, that's a, a really good summing up. But just, I, oh, like, we're nearing the end of the episode. So um, what do other people, what do you guys think needs to be done? Um, how do we make the film, where, where, how do we overhaul the film industry? in a way that we can make it more diverse and tell better stories. <laughs> you know, just solve the problem now. Just solve, yeah, wow. solve the problem in like in five words or less. Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, I would say that women need to band together more and crowdfund. Um, I just went to an art exhibition, shout out to Black British Visual Artists, um, they're holding an exhibition at the Oxo Tower, which finishes today. But they, they've gotten together and they crowdfunded and they got shit done. Mm-hmm. And it is possible because people want it. Yeah, people, yeah. people at a grassroots level want proper stories yeah. featuring them. That isn't just about suffering or like you know that depicts joy and varied textured stories. Um, and so yeah, I think I think women who are in the industry just need to band together, like need to unionize in a way, yeah. and just need to to begin to listen to one another and help each other tell good stories. Yeah, that would be the biggest union, wouldn't it? Be so just like <laughs> half the population, and yeah, all women in one union. That would be great. Yeah, yeah. But, well, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say because this whole conversation has been fantastic. But one point that I found really interesting was when you were talking about. Um, Reese with Witherspoons mm. and actually pinpointing the facts of course I've thought about it but not in that in such a detailed um, way when you when we was all saying about um, how there are women that are of power 
but they're not doing anything about it mm -hmm. to change it. And I think that would be a real standpoint. If, if people were, if actors, let's say, the women, mm -hmm. soon as we're talking about that, um, were to stand together and work hard how they have with, for example, the Me Too movement, mm. with how women are portrayed in films or how, you know, we're talking about nominations and all of that. Mm. If they were to do how they were doing with the Me Too, then I believe, like you're saying, things would be a lot different. Mm. Mm. I really do. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. So, and one last thing, white women need to hold each other accountable for racism. Mm. And, that. Yeah. Fucking and and transphobia and stuff. All yeah. of that. All of that. Just yeah. don't do it. Stop. <laughs> Leave it out. Um and I think if I was to I mean it's a hard question. I know I said the question, but I think <laughs> I'm gonna give that <laughs> I think if I have to come up with one thing to do to change, it's put your money where your mouth is, mm. everyone. Yeah. So uh, industry leaders who want to change, put your money where your mouth is. And even us at this level, when we have films that we can go see that are telling interesting stories and telling stories from different narratives, pay money to go see it yeah. and just watch it. I mean, there's been a whole movement at the moment, actually, on Netflix for people to watch... Um, a TV show which is called One Day at a Time. Yes. Love that show. And people love are it. being like, please just watch it yeah. because the more Latino representation. Yeah, yes. and the more so watch good. figures that they get, the more likely it is that it's going to be renewed and stuff like that. When there right. are programs and films, oh, I mean, if you can go and watch Roma on Netflix because it is lovely. Oh, you took um, my point. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so yeah, just pay to go see these stories. Pay to. Um, because the more that people, like, that's how films like uh, Black Panther, people turned around and went, oh, people did actually want to see films like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whoops. And, like, the industry heads were, were, were waking up to that now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, money. Give money to people who are doing stuff. Yes. Good. As B said, our, all I would say is go and watch Roma. Mm. Watch Paddington. <laughs> watch Paddington 2. Bear representation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bear representation. yeah. yeah. Did you know um, The Incredibles 2 also passes the Bechdel test? Oh, The Incredibles 2 is the best film. That was a great film. Ugh. Princess Diaries 2, that also... I loved Princess Diaries. Me too. I was obsessed with that as yeah, a child. Me How too. many times I use the word I? <laughs> I always remember that. I don't understand. What a great feminist film. <laughs> um, yes, thank you so much, guys, for chatting about this. Uh, we've Obviously, we're going to send this copy of the recording straight to Hollywood, and hopefully they'll do some stuff. <laughs> Obviously, yes. that's what this was all about. Right. Uh, make yeah, sure yeah. to credit us for all the massive changes you're obviously going to make to the industry. Mm -hmm. um, but oh. in the meantime, make sure to follow us on our socials, Women of Power UK. Um, we've got events going on. We've got video content. We've got articles. Everything you could ever wish for, uh, ever, featuring us and much, many more women. Mm -hmm. um, so please head over there and see the stuff that's going on. And yes. thank you so much, guys, for coming and chatting. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.